everyone. Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Top of the Morning on the UBS Market Moves podcast channel. Our conversation today will focus back in on the concept of compounding and how it can help us make better budgeting and investing decisions today that could in turn set you up for a brighter financial future. So joining me here on the line for the conversation, I'm glad to welcome back to Top of the Morning, Justin Waring, Investment Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So, Justin, welcome back. Good morning. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to our conversation today. Thank you for having me, Dan. Absolutely. Now, Justin, I know our conversation today will serve to a degree as a follow-up to one you, your colleague Ainsley Carbone, and I had, this is going back at this point, looking back to the spring, though that's good because these topics are, of course, good to refresh. These are ongoing conversations to have because of the value that they yield. So to that point, Justin, I know many of our listeners and clients, I'm sure they're familiar with the saying, a penny saved is a penny earned. Though I know recently you and your colleague, Ainsley Carbone, uh, did write a blog which explores the value of a penny invested. So I'm curious, Justin, what did you and Ainsley uncover? Yeah, I love I love this subject because we really do not have an intuitive understanding of compounding interest, and it is such a powerful and important aspect of the financial industry. About it's such a powerful force in achieving our our, our goals. And so, yeah, when we talk about a penny saved as a penny earned, obviously, if you don't spend your income, it's money that you can save and money that you can invest. And um, when we talk about you know, the value of money that you invest as opposed to spend, it's it's not just what it's worth today, it's what it'll grow to in the future. Um, and then also, it's the spending habits that we're, we're that we're, we're making over time that affect our future spending and future investing decisions. So this is, um, this is another level of compounding. It's not just the earnings you can make on savings today, but it's also the habits that led you to save those dollars today will also help you save more dollars tomorrow. And so it's, it's an exponential um, you know, sort of power if you're able to control your spending and uh, get the value of compounding growth through investment. The value of compounding, Justin, within the blog, you spent some time elaborating on how exactly that value is calculated. Can you take a few moments to share that with us? Yes, absolutely. This is one of my favorite things to go through with clients. We call it the rule of 72. Um, And so if you take 72 and divide it by the annual return of your portfolio, you'll get an approximate doubling time. It's one of the easiest ways to try to do compounding math in your head, um, you know, because as you know, you know, compounding works by if you make a 10% return on your dollar, then you're gonna then you're gonna make a 10% return on the dollar and 10 cents, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got compounding that your your earnings are also getting earnings, which are also getting earnings, uh, and so that that's where compounding comes from. So if we use a doubling time. Uh, based on 7.2% annual return, so 72 divided by 7.2%, we get 10 years. That's a 10-year doubling time. It's a nice round number. Everyone can kind of think about their the, the, the lifetime of their portfolio in 10-year increments. Um, and so if you, if you invested a, a, a single penny today, it'd be worth two pennies in 10 years, four pennies in 20 years, eight pennies in 30 years, and 16 pennies. Um, you know, in 40 years. And, and so that doubling time is really at the, at the foundation of 
explaining the value of compounding to our clients. Justin, it was interesting within the blog as I was reading through it, you do explain this in part by using an analogy involving donuts. So the cost over time of a seemingly inexpensive daily consumption habit, something we can all relate to. I recall the days of commuting at the Grand Central. I'd pick up a bagel, a coffee before walking to the office. At the time, it doesn't seem like a lot, but over time, it does add up. So in this context, can you walk us through that example, Justin? Absolutely. So yeah, if you buy a dollar donut, every day uh, and you're 25 years old, that's going to cost you $7 at age 65 if you assume 5% return on your portfolio. Um, but if you make that a habit, you know, ev- every single day, you're spending $365 a year. Um, and if you do that every day from age 25 until you retire at 65, you're going to have spent $15,000 approximately on donuts. Um, but this, because of the compounding growth that you could have had on those dollars in your portfolio, it's really going to cost you $47,000 worth of retirement spending at age 65. Um, and so that's assuming that donuts don't get any more expensive. If you factor in 2% inflation, um, you know, it, it's going to boost the amount of, of spending that you have in retirement by about $806 a year. Uh, and brings the total cost of your donut habit to about $63,000 a year in retirement. Um, and that higher retirement budget as a result of, of now you're sort of used to this spending habit means that you actually need more retirement assets too. So not only have you starved your portfolio of some growth opportunity, but you also now have a habit of spending that requires a larger amount of savings in order to reach financial freedom. And so it's a double whammy. Um, if we, if we get into these, these habits of spending a large percentage of our income, it, it delays the date at which we are financially free and we don't need income from our salaries in order to finance our, our, our lifestyle. It's quite eye-opening, Justin, when you put some numbers around that you think about the longer-term implications. It really does make you think twice when it comes to a daily or even weekly spending habits, how over time they do indeed add up. So a couple of items, Justin, within the blog that I do want to pull out, have you explain a bit for our clients, our listeners. So diminishing marginal utility as well as loss aversion. Can you take a few moments to expand a bit on both of those items? Absolutely. So diminishing marginal utility is a fancy economic term for the fact that when you eat three donuts, the third donut doesn't usually taste quite as good as the second donut. If you eat 20 donuts, that last donut is maybe even going to be a painful experience. So as you know, basically we we get happy the most when we have surprise things, um, not routine things. When we have routine um, spending habits, we're not really usually deriving any pleasure from it. And then you mentioned loss aversion. Um, cutting something out of your spending habits actually hurts more than the pleasure that you got from adding that habit in the first place. So uh, it's a lot harder to try to fix your budget after it's already gotten out of control because you're you're taking something away from yourself. Um, and while some people like me get get a perverse pleasure out of uh, living on the minimum amount of of budget as that is possible, most people don't have that psychology. Uh, most people 
um, feel pain from cutting things out of their budget. So if you can try to take an attitude that I do and, and, and gamify the experience and, and think about uh, maximizing your possible retirement budget and give yourself financial freedom as early as possible. Um, but that's a, that's, a, that's a difficult thing to do when a lot of that spending is going to be done by your family and, and um, you know, you do derive pleasure from some of your spending. So, so letting go of it, um, even if it's in your own best interest, can be painful in the short term. Well, Justin, I commend you for practicing what you preach. It is easier said than done. Of course, circumstances vary, though. You've alluded to this a bit already, Justin, though, as we're beginning to close out the conversation. This is an important point to really hit home. How can prudent spending today impact your retirement tomorrow, Justin? Yeah, you're right. We've been talking about this throughout the discussion. But but at the end of the day, it's what we call the hedonic treadmill. Um, a lot of people go through life um, spending you know, most of their income, and when they get a pay increase, their spending increases alongside their 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 pay increase. The hedonic treadmill is is the tr- is a tricky thing because we don't often get more pleasure out of that increased spending, and it 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 makes it more difficult and more expensive for us to retire. And so, one thing that we can we, one simple thing that we can do is to give ourselves a budget increase every year of a certain percentage, but make that percentage maybe 2%, 1% a year. Try to live within that budget. It's very likely that your wage and your, and your salary and your bonuses will all grow faster than that amount. And so your savings rate will increase over the course of your working years. Um, if you if you stick with a static 20% uh, savings rate, which is a pretty high savings rate, um, you're going to be spending more and more and more as you get towards uh, retirement because your income is going to be going higher. If instead you use this approach of just increasing your budget enough to manage the changes in your life circumstances, the rising cost of goods from inflation, et cetera, Give yourself maybe a one or two percent uh, pay increase every year uh, for the purposes of your budget. Um, your savings increase might start at twenty percent and balloon to eighty or ninety percent by the time you retire, which means that uh, it's a lot easier for you to finance your retirement income using the assets that you've saved and invested. You're embracing the power of compounding. You're getting the most that you can out of your investments over that long time horizon between when you start working and when you stop working. Um, and at the end of the day, I think we talk about, we like to use the word financial freedom because you might choose to work longer. You might choose to work till you're 65, but, um, who doesn't want to have the option to stop working earlier than that, um, and focus on, you know, maybe some other career or other projects that they, that they want, uh, they wanted to try out, but they didn't have the financial resources to take that risk earlier. Um, I think this is a really exciting uh, area for us to to explore with our clients. Well, Justin, it's a very compelling case for the reasons you've outlined for us. And there's certainly a lot of practical guidance here that could be put to work and over time make a real difference. So I, for one, will indeed think twice now before spending on that bagel or that cup of coffee, as tempting as it might be. Though, uh, Justin, thank you very much for your time, your insights today. And we will look forward to having you back on again with us soon. All right. Thank you so much, Dan. 
Thank you, Justin. And again, today we've been joined by Justin Waring, Investment Strategist Americas with the UBS Chief Investment Office. So as a reminder to our clients and our listeners, the UBS Chief Investment Office does author a variety of publications and blogs that touch on timely market developments, asset classes, and portfolio allocation. These resources can all be located on UBS.com forward slash CIO, including the blog, which Justin has been making reference to during our conversation today. Again, this was co-authored with Ainsley Carbone from the Chief Investment Office. A title is The Value of a Penny Saved. So for our clients of UBS listening in, you can, of course, contact your financial advisor if you would like to learn more about today's topic or receive a copy of that blog directly. Top of the Morning is part of the UBS Market Moves podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.